and um, what they're going to do with the economy and all of that. And, um, and then the spirit of deception got so bad, um, just turning on the media, for example, um, that I said, I can't listen to this anymore. Um, I want to know the truth. And we used to have media that would give the facts and then you could figure out where you're going to stand on things, but that wasn't, um, happening. And so um, I said, okay, we need to look at, search out the scriptures and um, wanted to lead you to um, a key scripture in the book of Matthew, um, chapter 24, 9 through 13, that really encompasses all four of these um, enemy tactics. And, and so I'm going to read it and kind of um, flesh it out a bit. Uh, this is Jesus speaking, and Matthew 24 and 25 are the two chapters that I want to focus on because they're Jesus' warning to us of what is going to be happening in the last days and how to prepare for it. So he began by saying, you can expect to be persecuted, even killed, for <clears throat> you will be hated by all nations because of your love for Christ. And I'm, I'm reading from the Passion Translation here. Then many will stop following me and fall away, take offense, um, and betray one another and hate. So he begins by saying, things that are going to instill fear in people. Obviously, if your life is being threatened, that you're going to be killed, if you're really hated, um, being persecuted, it's normal to have fear, but the enemy wants us to get paralyzed and silenced, and, and fear is something that does block us to be able to hear and discern and, and follow um, the voice of the Lord when it takes place. And, um, and the second one was, um, if people are betraying one another, hating one another, there's that spirit of offense. And, um, and definitely scripture, uh, where you could do a word study on each four of these words and um, some real insights on how each of these will deaden our spiritual life or make it hard to follow God. Um, and then he says, many line prophets will arise, deceiving a multitude and leading them away from the truth um, or from the path of the truth. And this is talking about a spirit of deception that's going to try to veer people off from the truth, which obviously is God's truth from the scriptures. And then finally, there will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God, so these are talking about not just lukewarm Christians, but passionate Christians, um, their passion for God and others, so our love for one another, will grow cold. And, and so I was um, saying how 
when we lose our passion, which is another word for love, our love tank begins to dry up and, and get empty. And so to fill that tank then, if we're not getting the genuine love, we tend to turn to either fleshly lusts or fill it with other things. Well, at least I have, um, uh, I'm being valued by others by what I'm doing or I have power and control or whatever. So we fill these voids when they're not filled with the divine love of God. Um, but Jesus ended up on a, a note of keep your hope to the end. Um, Aramaic, it could be translated endure to the end. I think that's a translation we maybe are more familiar with. And you will experience life and deliverance. And I think it's interesting that Jesus used both those words because um, if we allow the enemy to come in and take us out using these four tactics, um, our spiritual life will start to grow cold and, and deaden, and we're going to need deliverance because it's going to allow enemy um, strongholds um, uh, and so forth to uh, come in and deceive and control us. So um, I was looking at this word fold, thinking about the sheep and the goats, and looked it up and found that this word is used both for an enclosure for these animals, but it also can be used for a group of these animals. And I began to think about what the experience is if we're in a goat fold where there's an environment of just intense fear and everyone, all the goats are taking offense at each other and deceptions and lusts. And um, one word that could be used to describe this is, is getting slimed by all this stuff and you get enough slime on you and then you're gonna to start to feel really down, discouraged, depressed, and so forth. Um, so I want to tie this in with this time of year that we're in right now. During almost uh, just past the halfway point of these 10 days of prayer, but also the Jewish 10 days of awe, when the Jewish people historically um, are called to do a deep self-examination and um, make right what they didn't get right during the year. And so if they um, hurt people, to go back to those people before the end of the year um, on Yom Kippur and apologize or if they've um, not given their tithe or they've stolen money to make restitution or, or whatever the area of sin was. And, and we know that on the Yom Kippur, 
their highest holiest day of the year when they're called to deny themselves and fast the concept is the books that have been open for these 10 days with all that we've done for the year has been recorded will be closed and before they're closed if we've done right in god's eyes and are in, in close relationship with him and so forth um then he's free to promote us he's free to bless us he's free to um help us if if we've boy we didn't learn any of the lessons he was trying to tell teach us during that year for example then um we get to have another year of trying to learn those lessons all over again um, or whatever it is. And, and so obviously none of us want to be stuck. None of us want to be displeasing to God. We all want to keep growing and being promoted and advanced and uh, mature in the Lord. And, um, and so then the idea is on Yom Kippur, um, the priests are to do, I'll call it a prophetic act, using two goats and i thought it was very interesting that it's not sheep on this particular day that is called for like it um uh, passover or perfect lamb um no the sins of the people are cast through the high priest onto the head of the goat that's sent off as a scapegoat and then the other goat that's slaughtered. And if Yom Kippur is about um, a dress rehearsal for the final judgment, then um, this is a picture of the judgment on the goats. But we also know from Jesus' teaching that there's sheep that are going to be separated from the goats. And they're the ones that go on to glory with the Lord. And, um, and so in this process of um, saying, okay, I want to make sure I'm a sheep, uh, we have to be careful to guard ourselves in our heart, to learn how to overcome, uh, to rise up in holiness and righteousness, um, in order to um, be in right standing with the Lord as a sheep. And, um, and so what's fascinating is if you then do a study of Matthew 25, Jesus tells three parables to flesh this all out. And I don't have time to read the entire chapter, all three parables, but I think most of you are familiar with um, what's written here. The first is the story of the, um, the virgins. And um, excuse me, 50% uh, or, or five of the 10 virgins um, are foolish and the others are wise and in this case what distinguished a foolish from a wise virgin was um, how prepared are they and so 
it's a time when I think it's really important that all of us make sure that we're prepared and we're growing in all facets of wisdom of the Lord. Um, and then the second thing that is identified in this story is how much oil they had. And the scripture is pretty consistent in equating oil with the Holy Spirit. And we know this is a story about um, the virgins that are waiting for the bridegroom and the bride to come. And so these are believers, they're waiting for Jesus and so forth. But um, I really believe it's uh, emphasizing we can't just have the seal of um, the Holy Spirit at our salvation. Um, we need a full soaking and saturating, which is what the word baptism or baptisto in, in Greek means, um, that we need to learn how not only to um, partner with the Holy Spirit, but let him um, fill us, transform us into the character of Jesus, activate our gifts. Um, he is God with us and in us right now, uh, since Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father. And, and so we need the Holy Spirit if we're going to even be overcomers against everything that the enemy is going to be throwing at us. And then the third part of this story is um, we need a close relationship with Jesus. Um, Jesus welcomed in the five wise virgins that had lots of oil for their lamp. Um, but when the other five, finally they've gotten their oil and they've arrived late, he closed the doors and he said, I never knew you. We had no relationship. And so he's looking for intimate relationship. And again, that's how we're going to get through these days. Um, we've got to learn how to hear our bridegroom's voice and obey him and grow in knowing his ways and um, just that intimate communion with him that is so life-giving and filling to us. So there's three aspects that Jesus says um, are going to be important in being ready and being an overcomer. And then the second parable is about the stewards and he entrusts different amounts to each one. Um, and we often see that word translated talents and are thinking, okay, well, this is about us using our gifts. It actually is the word for money and accountability that we're gonna have of the things God's entrusted to us, whether it's resources or actual finances, as well as our, our gifts and um, opportunities and all that God's entrusted to us. He's looking for an accounting of what did you do with that? And did you invest it um, wisely and bear fruit? Did you multiply that? And then the final one is the sheep and the goats are separated according to how they lived out um, loving. Yes, God, but most of all, loving those that are in need around us. 
And so um, I uh, spent time with Mother Teresa and actually was this last um, parable that God used to launch her in her calling of um, feeding the hungry and um, giving drink to the thirsty and clothing and housing and visiting the sick, I mean the imprisoned and uh, caring for the sick. Um, but, but I believe the fact that all three of these parables were given, uh, we can't just pick and choose one aspect and focus on that. Uh, the Lord is calling us to be ready and wise in growing in all uh, five of those, the facets that are, are brought out in those um, stories. Um, and to be frank, it's one thing to say to a fearful person, don't be afraid anymore, because that's not going to accomplish the purposes of God. And yes, we need to separate ourselves from whatever is spewing a tremendous amount of fear into our environment. There are fearful people, and if they're in our families, it makes it trickier. Um, but there's also that facet of our history. What kind of woundedness did we come through? Um, certainly people that have had a lot of trauma in their lives are going to be more fearful. This is going to be a stronghold. And so the Lord's giving us time to um, heal, to get free from some of these um, areas of things that are going to make it hard to overcome in that area. Um, people that um, I work with that are easily offendable, it's usually because there's an orphan spirit, for example, um, that has caused them to feel like I'm not really a full, cherished, beloved, son or daughter of God. Um, I'll take the crumbs under, you know, the father's table, or um, if he gives me a glance every now and then, or a smile, you know, well, that will do it. Uh, no, God wants a close, intimate relationship, and so we've got to um, get healing for that orphan spirit. Um, people, as I mentioned earlier, um, that have real problems and with lusts, um, first and foremost, need to fill that legitimate love tank with God's love and um, get some help with people that can help you have a true love encounter with God and not just a head, yes, God loves me, he loves everyone in the world kind of thing. Um, and the more he fills us uh, in that love tank with himself, the less likely we're going to be, need, be to fall prey to um, different aspects of lust for too much um, control or uh, wealth or 
And then the final area of deception, um, we're all called to grow in discernment. Um, I've struggled with actually all four of these at different levels, uh, different times in my life. Um, and for those of you who were raised um, kind of sheltered and all, uh, we can be naive and um, just trusting whatever people tell us and not learn to test all things as the scripture says or um, be very discerning. And, um, and so this is a perfect time of year season of self-examination to say, okay, how am I doing in all of these different areas? Where am I the most vulnerable, the weakest, um, having the hardest time, focus in, and there's so many helps out right now between um, books and, and people, and then bringing it to the Lord and just saying, I don't want to be like this. I want to be a sheep that um, is so close and um, bonded with a good sheep. One of the, a, a few differences between sheep and, goat and goats in general is a sheep will follow a shepherd. Goats, you don't see shepherds with goats so much. They tend to be, yes, there are goat herders, but for the most part, sheep are more inclined to follow the shepherd. Um, another difference is goats um, tend to forage and just uh, climb up and eat whatever. Um, they're not as discerning as a sheep would be that just graze um, the, the grass and the vegetation down on the ground. And so um, if we tend to be like a goat in just taking in whatever, then um, we're in danger of being a lot more deceived. Um, we've got to um, know the word well and test all things against that um, so that we can be wise and um, guard ourselves, resist um, where things are coming at us that aren't um, completely true. So I think I've used up my half hour and um, I don't know if there's any uh, comments, questions, uh, anything you want to, so it's all yours, Scott. Okay, so I think uh, instead of, certainly if anybody has a specific question, feel free to put it in the chat. Um, but I'm wondering now if um, we can just take, you know, a minute and um, if you could, Lynn, could ask the Lord to come and, uh, well, right now I'll, I'll just invite, Lord, send the spirit of the fear of the Lord into our meeting right now individuals and Lynn if you could give a quick prayer and then we'll just sit um, you know for a minute or so not too long obviously since this is going to be recorded but and we're going to trust that the Lord will speak to our hearts on those four things again the fear 
the offense, the lust, and deception. And just knowing, you know, when we let off, I should, should clarify when I said I think a message about sanctification. When I think of sanctification, to me, the concept is synonymous with maturation and also stability. There's no mature vessel or no stable vessel without sanctification, without coming into a further reality of who Christ has called us to be and who he is. So Lynn, if you could just give us a quick prayer, I would ask people, you know, put down the text, put down, you know, the keyboard and just take this real solemn call that Lynn just gave us. This is the, the days of awe. This is what we're doing, not just for um, our whole nation, but as individuals, as part of that, that nation, our whole world, each, each different nation um, represented. And let's trust that if we take our part and we hear the Lord for ourselves, that the collective glory that the Lord will be able to release and reveal to his people will increase. The more that we as individuals come into alignment and agreement with his heart and his will, the more he's going to entrust to us and and obviously the days of us waiting for the leaders to do it all are far gone. That is not what it can look like. And uh, so right now, Lynn, why don't you say a quick prayer? And I, I just urge everyone out there, put down whatever is, could be a distraction and truly give the Holy Spirit a minute or so to point out if there's something in one of those four areas. Father, I want to begin by thanking you for your scriptures for jesus um, and for your holy spirit that convicts us of sin and righteousness and um, <clears throat> what we need to know and i just pray for that spirit of conviction to be coming on to those with us right now uh, lord we um, confess to you that we are weak that we are vulnerable to um, all the schemes of the evil one and to falling short. Um, you said that uh, it, unless you shorten the time, that um, it's for the sake of the elect that uh, not everyone would um, uh, go astray. And so, Lord, we ask right now that you would help us to strengthen us. Uh, if there's areas of healing that's needed, areas of growth, um, you've given us many gifts to help us, but we also need each other that have gifts that are stronger uh, than what we might have, uh, whether it's, it's wisdom or discernment or um, just leadership or healing or, or whatever. And so, Lord, I pray that you would raise up people that um, are able and willing to be used by you in this process, that you would cause the scriptures to come alive to us uh, in areas that we need to understand and when you're speaking to us. I pray, Father, for the gift of hearing your still small voice. And yes, we need the scriptures, but we need you and your correction, your encouragement, your speaking, so that the sheep will hear the shepherd's voice and they will run from any other voice. And so, 
Lord, um, during these days of awe, when we're examining ourselves and, and uh, we need humility to um, admit, I have a long ways to go. I have areas that um, I'm broken in or I'm, I'm weak in, that you will strengthen us and um, <clears throat> help us um, that this would be a time when we really make strides forward and, and learn how to guard our hearts and um, uh, can find sheepfolds where there's people that are strong in faith and in um, knowing how to love others well and um, divine truth um, and, and all that we need. So I, um, I'm trusting now, Lord, that you are going to um, make this real and applicable to every single person that's on this call in Jesus' name. Help us, Holy Spirit. Shine your light. Shine your light on our hearts. Shine the light and speak your truth to us right now. correction is love we're safe we're safe mm -hmm. in your hands to mm -hmm. be corrected mm -hmm. it's your kind and caring heart reaching out so that we'll have more of you mm -hmm. in your light we see light in your light we see light Shine your areas that are keeping our hearts from experiencing your peace. Shine your light on any root of bitterness that's under the surface. Release the conviction and the, the deep worship and adoration of, of you and your name for how you've forgiven us. Shine your light on the one or two things that may be stealing our affections and our, our will and our drive that we're looking to to fill the emptiness that belongs to sons of, and daughters of this age. Shine your light on places where we have truth in our minds, but our heart isn't making connection to your mercy, your justice, your righteousness. Pray for an increase, an increase of the, the spirit of the fear of the Lord in our experience. 
says, your correction, Lord, though it's unpleasant for a while, to those who are able to be trained by it, they bear the fruit of holiness. They come into holiness. Your pathway is called the, the pathway of holiness. We thank you for your, your, your long-suffering patience. We thank you for enduring with us. We thank you for not departing from us, for staying with us. We thank you for seeing all the best in us. We thank you for hoping and enduring all things so that you can be with us. We thank you that you are a good shepherd and your sheep know your voice. We thank you that you are the God who reaches out to us over and over and over. We worship you for this, Lord Jesus. It said you did not leave us as orphans when you went to the Father, but you sent your spirit. Thank you. Every time we repent, we see something that you convict us of. Every time we repent, there's a party that gets thrown in heaven. There's great rejoicing. Thank you, Lord. To apply to. There we go. She's back. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So um, thank you. Amen for that time. That was great. Now. Uh, uh, so one of the questions I wanted to address, um, someone asked about how to grow in discernment. And this yes. could be applied to probably any of the four areas. And um, just wanted to throw out a few things. If we as sheep learned to hear our good shepherd's voice and we stay close to him um, one of the the foremost jobs of a shepherd is to protect the sheep and um, but we need to the more we practice and can discern his voice the more um, when something's not right we're going to start to feel an unrest in our spirit or kind of the alarms go off in our, our head of like something's not right pause check this out um, we're told to test things and that takes practice um, testing what's going on i have um, some very discerning friends and i'll often call them and check things out and um, uh, just say um, uh, when things aren't um, truthful that's being said, um, the body of Christ needs to be bold enough and have our voice to speak up and say, no, that's not true. That's not of God. That's not something that um, follow. Um, and fortunately in our country, we still have um, means whether I know some people are using 
um, suing or other things when um, the leadership start getting way off. Um, and then um, the Lord says, you know, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of the Father and he'll give it to him generously. And I often um, put wisdom and discernment um, side by side. And, and so if we're humbly praying and saying, Lord, I need help with this. I need to be more discerning. I want to grow in this area. Um, he's going to help us with it. Um, the other thing, um, I know people who work with counterfeit money, for example, don't study all the counterfeits. They study the real thing. And the more they know the real thing, the more quick they are to discern, no, this is counterfeit money. Um, and so the same thing is we've got to get in and soak ourselves in the word of God and um, uh, <clears throat> use that. So um, Lynn, something else that... Let's pause there for a moment because what you said, I think, is a really powerful and overlooked element of discernment, which I think a lot of times if you, when we go out looking for insight on discernment, we find a lot of discernment-based assessment of the realm of darkness. And I just want to stop and just emphasize it. Maybe just uh, if there's a couple of, of key ways that you've developed that, that you know, you've really um, made that transition from getting stuck focusing inordinate or too much attention on things of darkness and what you said was so powerful a lot of it is studying the genuine so can maybe just spend like one little moment on that again too because that was that i, I think that could just be emphasized over and over and so lord i just want to pray that you will give a spirit of wisdom and revelation as we go to the scriptures that it will become clearer like a two-edged sword to cut right through to what we need to understand and open up blinded eyes and hearts and um, that <clears throat> we will know your word um, like never before because you're helping us and we're taking um, intentional, serious um, look at not just reading the word, uh, but really studying and going deep with it. Thank you. Um, I, here, along these lines, here's, here's a good question. And I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. Uh, someone put this into the chat uh, to me privately. Uh -huh. And basically their observation is, isn't wanting Jesus, trusting that he's Savior, wanting to live and grow in God, um, isn't that enough? Can we still be turn into a goat or can we still take that, that wrong turn that leads us down a, a tricky path? Isn't that enough is what, what they, they asked. Mm -hmm. So can you um, comment maybe on, okay, those are good starting points, but what are some key things you've run into through your ministry, your life, where people who have had those elements have gone astray? Um, and it breaks my heart of um, people, some people that have been very close to me that really were being used of God and walking closely with him, got completely deceived and are now in enemy camp. And, um, and so it happens. And when Jesus says, um, I don't know, I can't remember the exact word, maybe you can sort of 
um, that even the um, elect um, will be deceived and not 100%, but um, way more than we would anticipate. And, um, you know, I'm just thinking back at the time um, of World War II in Germany and how so many people in the church were really deceived about Hitler and that whole regime. And, and those that may have been suspicious or concerned um, became too fearful to speak up. Um, so that's, you know, we have lots of examples. Um, I was thinking of, I don't know which gospel it's in, but Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. And he said something about, um, blessed are you if you don't take offense at me. That sometimes God's ways are so not our ways and his thoughts are so different than our thoughts. And it's like, well, this can't be God or gee, if God's like this, then I don't want him or, you know, there's just so many things that um, because we're human and we only see and know in part that um, makes it hard for us at times. And um, so that's why I think during this season of grace and preparation, because we don't know um, how close we are to Jesus' return and the end times, but, um, but God's giving us warnings right now and a taste of things could turn on a dime way worse uh, as quickly as it turned this year. Um, that, that we've got to seize the opportunity and, um, and, and also ask people to be brutally honest with us of where are our um, blind spots and our, our shortcomings and weaknesses because none of us see ourselves with pinpoint clarity as as well as maybe um, someone else from the outside. And so we need those kind of friends that can be really honest, speak the truth in love, but still the truth um, and help hold us accountable with one another. So those are a few thoughts there. I don't know if you've got anything to add to that, Son. Well, that was, re that was really good because I think the combination, like you said, and uh, I'd like to, I'll just read a, a passage that I think is really relevant um, because you obviously started with an end time passage where Jesus was warning about certain pressures that would come upon the world and come upon the believers. And, and the passage I'm going to quote is another one of those, but Paul wrote it. It's in 2 Thessalonians 2, and it's talking about the coming of the lawless one. The, the son of destruction. You know, most people refer to him as the Antichrist. But it's also com commenting on that time that there would be all, all the deception of wickedness that is coming upon the, the, the world, the, the lying signs and wonders, the demonically empowered um, speech that will come forth from these, these dark leaders and their, their followers that will be able to sway multitudes. I think you just drew that, com that comparison with um, with the deception in the church in Germany for World War II, I mean, what better of an, a, a, a real-life version can we have, an uh, example of that? But here's, here's what it says. It says, in, in the end, because of all of the wickedness in the, in the world and all the deception coming upon the world, 
it says um, down here, sorry, I lost my web page, bear with me. In verse 10, it says, um, the one who is coming in the accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. And to me, it's that, you know, the passage you quoted that their love will grow cold. It's not just love for people and love for God. In this case, it's also the love to, to discover the truth of God and to hold fast to that, like you've made reference to. So we've, we've got about a, uh, five minutes left before we'd like to dedicate the last five minutes of our hour to pray for the return and for the other 10 days meetings. So um, in this last uh, five minutes or so, Lynn, could you very quickly, here's what so many types of walks of life in so many life circumstances, and you really carry a, a very strong mothering, caring heart. Would you just release a blessing out of that heart um, over, over everybody today? And then um, what I'd like to do is I'll, I'll unmute everybody. And if we could just um, briefly, if we could pray in the spirit and give adoration back to God and really receive that blessing. You didn't lose a single one that um, you called to yourself as a disciple. And I pray for all of those that are on this call that not a single one would lost to <clears throat> the um, tactics of evil one and be found uh, in the goat pen, the fold. Lord, I pray. Um, that your shepherding arm of love would catch each one of us as we start to stand without even realizing it. that uh, your blessing of uh, all of the discernment and the helps that remain strong and overcome to the very end. And I pray this night this call for your church that they would rise up in um, to be truly the church of Christ that is so filled with you and your glory that um, and so in love with you uh, that they would count their lives um, not they would lay, lay them down. And if, if we be martyred, we be martyred. Um, but that the enemy would have nothing on us and not be able to take us out in any way. And so uh, that's my prayer in Jesus' name. Okay, uh, everybody, uh, if you'd like to go ahead and just pray, we'll pray together corporately. Mm -hmm. And worship, you can mm -hmm. unmute yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Amen. Uh, Lynn, thank you so much for sharing with us.